The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Hello and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting once again, and I'm joined by my usual co-undicted co-conspirators, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Say hey, guys. Hey there. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, you're talking to us? Oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smile. You're talking to me? <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> your dinero needs work sir oh. um yeah i'm sorry yeah but hey it's better than my jody foster <laughs> so uh yeah so we're gonna talk about politics and stuff like that but uh before we get into that as always i just like to let people know how they can get in touch with us because we do love to hear from listeners even when they have uh angry corrections for us uh though adoring praise also acceptable so, uh, email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Twitter is at civilpoliticsfm. And facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And we do also have our own website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that has uh, recordings of previous episodes of the show, the odd supplemental episode that we've done, uh, uh, the special link to our trusted news source, dedicated Google search, and uh, other stuff about the family of Planetside Podcasts uh, in the Planetside Podcasts Network. So you should look at all that and, and like and subscribe and all those things. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree. <laughs> so... Um, this is uh, this has really been um, an interesting news week. I mean, everybody's been talking about this, so we don't have to spend too much on it because I don't know about you, but I don't think I have that many clever and interesting things to say about how terrible Donald Trump is and how horrible his comments about the military that he totally didn't make, but we all know he made, uh, are, and that it's utterly unsurprising that Bob Woodward has uh, Trump on tape from six months ago or more saying, oh, this coronavirus thing is going to be bad. Um, and a lot of people are also taking Bob Woodward to task for that because he didn't actually uh, spread the word and, and help people, you know, help uh, spread the warning about this so that people would actually, uh, you know, take steps and maybe save lives. But what do you guys think about all that? Well, if he'd done it early, then um, then he wouldn't get all the other recordings he got for his book about Trump. You know, if he spilled the beans that he was going to release it to the world at large, even though Trump agreed to be taped. But if he'd done it really like the first week when he said, oh, this is going to be bad, <laughs> it spread through the air and it's, you know, six times more powerful than the flu, then Bob Woodward wouldn't have gotten him on the record, you know, sort of like an investigative reporter. I, I kind of like it that he held his cards closed till he had, you know, sort of the whole thing. But I think you guys probably have a different opinion. So, 
no, actually. Um, I think uh, if 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 people were asking him about it, or he was getting called in front of Congress or something. But honestly, if he if he's if if uh, let's say he had that interview, like one of a series of interviews with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump was like, "Yeah, I just you know, like I wanted to downplay it so people wouldn't panic," and then he and then he like ran to the press and said like, "Oh my God, look what this man said." Then it, like, when was this? February. Yes, February, uh, March. I think. Yeah, yeah. it would have one. It would have gotten lost. Two, they would have um, buried it. Uh, they and during during like the start of the pandemic, they were really using the we shouldn't be. It is. It's kind of like a president wartime. Like we, like they, they're like Donald Trump is trying to do everything he can, and and then uh, they would have really fixated on that he might have said that he wants to, he wanted to downplay it to so it wouldn't spread panic, and that would have really just, that would have like dulled it to the point of people wouldn't wouldn't pay attention like other things were happening right um, take the wind out of it yeah plus like sue said like it that's um part of a series of interviews that he had and he had to do research and he had to do x y and z i don't really blame him for waiting um I I, and it, i i don't either. know especially because i don't think it's like Back in February, if you told me that this coronavirus crisis is going to be bad and that it will be, you know, the government won't handle it well, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not totally shocked and that sucks. But if you told me, yes, uh, so the Trump administration will actively work to subvert the actually still functioning, you know, public health uh, uh, infrastructure at the Centers for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration, and will actively make it worse. I, you know, like I can't say I'd be, I'd be shocked, not that shocked, but I, I'd, I'd still be like, really? Because I mean, you know, in a, in a very real sense, like, like if Trump had just gotten out of the way and said, you know, this is a public health crisis, it could be bad. You should listen to, you know, the experts, and here they are. You know, it's not that no, there wouldn't have been any problems, but it would have been better. And it just the idea that, like, you know, just stay out of the way of this and 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 let your people do their jobs. You know, he he, like, that's a that's a thing that in a lot of cases rich people understand. You know, it's like you have staff; the staff are competent. You hired them to do stuff. Let them do it and shut the heck up. Yeah, get out of their way. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know well, that 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 would require a modicum of good sense on on the president's part, and I guess that that was too much to hope for. So yeah. well, and and you you were saying that actually Bob Woodward also, and it's true. I mean, he wanted to have Big Bang for his book, right? Sure. That's that's what he does. So in some ways, he was you know he was keeping it till it was you know timely, yeah, and and juicy. But a lot of people probably did did die because of it and the question is do you blame bob woodward at all i mean should he have um just like john bolton had an obligation to testify well and he didn't well i i think you know robert woodward is a private individual who's acting in that 
interesting sort of social space we've created for journalists that are, it's important and we take them seriously, but, you know, and, and they're in some ways, you know, like the fourth estate or the fourth branch of government. And it's like, yeah, but they're also just folks who go out there and ask questions and then write about it. And, and maybe you see it and maybe it makes you think, and they do, hopefully they're doing their best to be accurate. And um, he doesn't have power. He, you know, he, he's not in a position with a security clearance uh, where he's making decisions and, you know, sending troops into harm's way or giving orders to government officials. So it's just, and, and it's, it's, it's just a very different thing from the situation John Bolton was in. And, and also I'm reminded of um, a point that I can't remember who made it, but I, it was something I heard in the context of discussing journalists covering the civil rights movement back in the 1960s. It's like, you know, if you see, you know, a police officer beating up a little old lady, on the one hand, you know, what kind of a monster are you to not go in and help that little old lady? But on the other hand, this is the injustice that's happening all the time by standing back and filming it so that everybody can see what is the actual normal reality. You're making more of a difference and, and you're really helping the world more in a way that just, you know, stopping a cop from beating someone up is doing. And Plus, if you're killed in the process, you don't report on anything after that. Well, sure. So. But... Journalists do have a special role. They're not supposed to be attacked, although in other countries they are. But, you know, your, your credentials are, well, look at what happened with them. Um, was it the CNN reporter? Oh, hold on. I'm so, yeah, I was going to say other countries. Yeah, yeah never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other countries. Okay. Yes, and, I, and okay. I'm, sure, I'm sure that uh, Bull Connor and the others, you know, never uh, uh, made things difficult or roughed up journalists or, you know, uh, uh, otherwise harassed uh, people trying to report on things, you know, say during the, the March on Selma or whatever. Well, I and think, so that oh, role of journalist is, is sort of a reporter and they do need to get the, enough of the story so that it, it can, you know, it stands the light of day. It's, it's kind of like the, um, uh, the woman on, on Fox news. Uh, I will I will post um the the uh her response to to Trump like we were talking about Trump saying that the um POWs are like the the soldiers were losers and uh, and him not wanting to to drive the um the 70 miles to get to the cemetery when he was in France um I don't want to fly there in the rain and there yeah, suffers that was yeah. the that was his excuse and he just didn't want to go and uh, she had she had sources. She had multiple sources, and she was like, "I they're impeachable." You know, when you when you're reporting on the government, you are getting like third hand information. So you have to uh, really make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. All of the stuff that people are saying are actually were said. You know, and confirm it with separate sources. When you're someone like John Bolton. He was in the room, and he's talking about it. He's Plus, one of the sources. Yeah, he is his own source. He can just yeah. write about what he said and yeah. what, what someone else told him. 
in the situation. And the other thing about uh, him talking about stuff is he said that he would, he would uh, testify. Like he said he would. You but know? only yeah, after, the, after the court case. Yeah, he, but, wasn't, he wasn't willing to talk, you know, or just come before the, the, the House committee. But if the Senate actually sent him a subpoena, well, then, of course, he'd come. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he said he wouldn't fight it. That's yeah. the thing. Well, and he resisted the subpoena from the House. So, yeah, because exactly. there was another case that he combined with, he jumped in with. Yeah. And then that case got dismissed. But so he, he didn't he didn't really obey a subpoena from the house. He said that you have to go to court to enforce it. Mm. So, but not the, the, Senate, the, the Senate. Either way, the, he, the, the, the difference between Woodward and Bolton is that Bolton, uh, one, he took a duty to protect the constitution. <laughs> like he, oh, yeah. he took an oh, oath. He, he took an oath. Uh, yeah. And that, so it, it, it was really his job to tell people that this guy's a maniac. What is he doing? You know, um, Woodward took pro- like has has a moral code and everything, but he did, he isn't. It's not his job to immediately report stuff like this. You know that it's not it's not part of his job. His job is to make sure that we know about it and to report on it at the at the appropriate time and when he has enough information. And I trust that uh, he did have that. And I do understand that part of it is that he wants to sell books. But, you know, it's September. Hearing about this now versus hearing about it in February, this is going to hurt Trump <laughs> at a bad time. So... Yeah. You know, and, I think this is a good, this is good timing on his part. And the full import again, the full import of that's of that those statements, you know, wasn't clear in February. It wasn't mm-hmm. clear just how big of a screw up and how much of a of a massacre it was foreshadowing. You know? That that that's the sign of genuine dramatic literary foreshadowing, you know, is like people go Ooh, that was bad, but we didn't know at the time, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, whoever's writing the, you know, writing our current the fanfic we're living in, they're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> they are not. This is this is completely. <laughs> this is a like if 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 this was if someone had a script, and they presented this to like a producer, the producer would say, "What is this? This is way over the top. What are you doing?" <laughs> We're living in a B movie right now. It's insane. Well, I do feel like a bit of a Mary Sue sometimes. So yeah, probably. <laughs> Mike, you were well, not Mary gonna... Sue. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't think there's anyone out there thinking like, oh, if only I could be Mike Dow, things would be perfect. I'd be the best. No, you're right. No. One's right. <laughs> anyway, you're saying Sue. <laughs> Well, I just, I hearken back to the early 80s with the AIDS epidemic. And mm, just, that's a good parallel. Just, just how people looked the other way, the blood banks were saying that it's probably not bloodborne when anybody who knew anything thought, Jesus is probably bloodborne, like hep C and hep B. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the baths, they wouldn't close the baths. You know, they looked the other way, the, the gay male baths, and how, how much it was spread by that. I mean, that was 
that was pretty bad. I mean, that was very bad. The blood supply got contaminated in the country. You know, you 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 look at big events like this when people don't really understand the disease and, you know, the wrong turns that are made. I have to say that it's, you know, certainly not as contagious and not as many people died from it, but it it really was um, government performed poorly during the AIDS epidemic, I think. I, you know, from yeah. the from the sidelines. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I can, and it, and and it performed unevenly because you know there were public officials in San Francisco who were, you know, really on top of things, and then yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. And oh, the and, to stop them from closing the baths and you know all that stuff that went on. Yeah. So you can Which sort you, of see how it is the fog of the fog of war, the fog of a pandemic, but. In retrospect, knowing what he know, and and for Trump to say now that he really just didn't want to alarm people, that's how he works. That's his mo, right? Is mm -hmm. scare yeah. people. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't I, want to scare the having like telling us about it, at, at, like now after we know more about what the situation is and was and everything like that, the people that should tell that should tell us about these things now are the government officials the inspector generals the people that that's their job to say the president is downplaying the virus that could kill people we should let everybody know or 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 the or maybe have like like tell the inspector general and then the inspector general should report that to congress like that's that's their job a reporter either they tell us immediately or if they're writing a book about the entire situation this is one part of the situation there are other things in this book it's it's called rage there this is going to be like a whole study about the the administration so when you're trying to write an an expose book the these these single things like there are probably other things in this book that if we knew it at the time and if people wanted to act on it which is a very important part uh then we would have then that would have that would have been helpful but i i still think that if he told us about it then then it would have just gotten lost in the shuffle there was an impeachment there were rumors about like where it was coming from people were still calling it the wuhan virus you know like it would have just gotten lost and nobody would have paid attention right now there's not as much going on honestly right. the news is has slowed down like right there is not a as like we're we are not at the point but we're kind of approaching the point where there's just nor a normal amount of things going wrong <laughs> so we can well, actually pay attention to this right now well i mean that yeah. that to some extent is because like a lot of stuff that's really horrifyingly bad is just kind of like yeah and that's happening to me. yeah i mean that's the thing like it's like uh when i'm trying to prepare for i do a I do a live um political chat stream on twitch and whenever I'm trying to think of like what we're going to talk about over the past few weeks, it has really gotten slow. Like usually I would have like t 
topics that a ton of topics to talk about from that day, but I've had to go think about like the week, you know, which is one good because we're going to hear about this stuff. This has been in the news for like two days. In February, it would have just gotten brushed off because something else would have happened. So this is, this is a good time to know about this. Um, just to look at the look at how he is running and his yeah. and his approach to basically things, what he is thinking about. So this is a good time to 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 know about this now. I don't blame him at all. I blame people that knew what he was saying, like firsthand, and didn't say anything. That's who. Well, I did blame. you hear Dr. Fauci today? No. He was he was basically covering for Trump. It was it was sort of I was shocked. Yeah. It was on C SPAN. He was basically saying, Well, you know, he probably didn't wanna um get people distressed or he you know, there there were actions being taken. I was surprised that Dr. Fauci was that um you know, basically not apologetic, but he covered his butt. He does it I sometimes. Was like, wow. He's not perfect. Yeah, yeah. I I was surprised by it. So yeah. I, I, he dropped a little in my estimation today. I would have stayed silent if I, I was Fauci. You know, I, it might also. He's he's having to make the calculation in part that like if he stays in his post, uh, the good he can do versus you know le- hanging Trump out to dry or or unloading on him with both barrels. And I I, I I'm not surprised that he's like you know. Um, that he's sticking up for Trump to some extent, because I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, like the chief of staff called and said, make sure you say you stick up for the president yep. in the news today. And today. Dr. Fauci's yep. like, it would be really good if I could stay here and keep things running because we can't <laughs> afford to switch to somebody else running things right at this moment. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if you, if you have a it shot at the so- King, then you have to make sure that you have that shot. If he said something, then and and it didn't hit yeah. Trump hard, then it's yeah. a wasted effort. I mean, that, I that's the thing. And honestly, honestly, if this was another president, and let's say Biden was was president this year, and he said, "Well, I didn't say anything because I didn't want to create a panic," then I would be more apt to forgive that if he was also doing things behind the scenes. But yes. since Trump wasn't. Because I mean, like in every sci-fi movie, the the government's like, we can't tell people about aliens; they'd freak out. You know, there would be rioting in the streets and stuff. It's true. We would we're not that smart in some ways. <laughs> people would freak Human, out. Humans in crowds tend to be dumb. That is, yeah. It, like I think the human race, on average, is is incredibly smart and adaptive. I believe in the human race as a whole that we can really overcome whatever we put our minds to but when presented with something that shatters your reality we freak the hell out (laughs) so understandable that he would say you know i don't i didn't want to make a panic you know like but if he was also doing things to mitigate that that issue before he actually made it public then that would be one thing, but he wasn't. He was just like, "No, nah, I don't want it because people people will be mad." Yeah. Stop doing also, that testing. Yeah, you're turning well, out too many cases. Right, and I'd actually like to to 
not exactly stick up for the president, but to point out that uh, even if we had someone as competent and focused and capable as Barack Obama still in office, you know, there's only so much a president can do with executive agencies and executive powers. Uh, a big part of why things are so bad in the United States right now is because that Congress isn't getting its job done. It's not using the power True. of the purse to appropriate the funds we need to prevent economic, you know, uh, uh, tremendous economic hardship for yeah. millions of ordinary Americans. They're not forbidding evictions. They're not doing a, uh, you know, uh, just a, a cessation of rent and mortgage payments, you know, just saying like, no, that's all frozen for the next six months or whatever. You know, they didn't extend unemployment benefits. There's, there's all kinds of things that could be done and that should be done that weren't done. And, and Sue, uh, you know, I've been, you know, uh, kind of planning mom's funeral and stuff like that. So I have been not doing my homework very much. But you were telling me like the there was a, a bill in the Senate today that was yeah, that the Democrats managed million. to shoot down. Yeah. Yeah. Three hundred million. Bill, billion. Oh, well, that's still too little. But like, that's not. Yeah. All right. Not, wow. Not zero. Well, but but you know the the House wants um, three trillion, and the, yeah. and the Republicans said one trillion. So this is a third of what the Republicans were negotiating for. But the Republican leadership put this forward as a stopgap, and I was going to torment you guys because the Republicans put it forward and the Democrats basically, you know, with fifty-seven votes, prevented it from from uh, getting out of what do you call that closure? Closure. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they basically filibustered it so that it went down in flames today. So well, there's no bill on the horizon except for what's in the House, of course. It was a mostly party line vote capped. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm re actually reading something that came out an hour ago. Um, we're recording oh, this on the 10th, just so everybody knows. Uh, the 52 to 47 vote fell well short of what is needed to overcome a filibuster. Uh yeah, and it's a, it was a $500 billion measure, half the size of the legislation promoted by the GOP leaders this summer, but was too big for most conservatives. So they, it was the, um, it was the Democrats plus some uh, budget hawks that defeated oh, it. Some budget hawks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was the Rand Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Single-handedly. Yeah. Well, but, but that means there's no reprieve. There's a lot of companies, you know, a lot of the, all the stuff is expiring. And, um, you know, the payroll protection act has, you know, ran out of money quite a while ago and they were going to do yeah. that again. And I mean, there was just, there's money for hospitals. I, there was, three, three you know, all that stuff. $300 billion is, is just, a, just a tiny fraction of what we need to, to, yeah. to spend right now. It, it is, you know, 500 billion, 500 billion. All right. It, but it's it's uh, you know it's a it's a band aid or not a band aid but I mean it's you know it's it's some field dressings when you know we need like extensive surgery and ICU and all that other stuff you know it's like yeah I mean you know and if this were like okay we're doing this because we can get this out the door today and we're gonna work on the next step but here's five hundred billion dollars to tide everybody over right now that would be a very different thing. Than what's actually 
you know, what it actually is. This is the Republicans basically like, eh, fine, have some more, you know, have a few more lumps of coal and shiver harder and pull those blankets tighter. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, it probably was to get to November 3rd, I would guess that was the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Being they're not going to they're they're not not have a deal before Election Day. They're just not. Well, and I think the Democrats, you, your guys probably saw through it. So they're like, oh, no, we're not letting this force in the barn. They actually they actually reduced. They actually their original plan was three trillion. They actually said they go down to like two point one, two point three. So yeah. Yeah. it they actually have there, cut their what the but the Republicans won't do anything. But that is well, something that we can that, talk about after. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say the Republicans had come up to one trillion, but obviously this bill wasn't even the one trillion that they. Yeah, come this up is to, half so. as much as they were. Yeah, saying yeah. they'd go for. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Well, and they want um, they want yeah. all these liability. My party wants liability protection, so you you know, you can shoot somebody with the virus at work and you won't be liable. I'm just kidding, yeah. but that you know it's that liability stuff was one of the showstoppers. The, yeah. The, the 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 republican theme of the last thing we want is to be accountable for our for our words and actions is uh you know it's very on brand so no no we just don't want businesses to be held accountable for oh right well you know corporations are the are the more important people that's that's clearly okay <laughs> well it is we are at the halfway point here so let's take a short break say play some psa's promos and station ids and then, uh, I don't know, we can come back to, you know, dogpiling on Sue or some other totally nonpartisan, unbiased behavior, right? Yeah? Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. The race, the race is really close. I got to tell you, Trump's within four or five points. Well, we can talk about that when we come back. So uh, this is uh, Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We're going to play a few messages and be back shortly. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country, 
We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Science is real from the Big Bang to DNA. Join me for Evidence-Based Radio Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts about the politics and the stuff. And Sue, uh, you, uh, you were pushing my buttons there talking about how, you know, Trump, who, you know, full disclosure, even though you're the Republican, is not your, your favorite candidate in the race by any stretch. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm still, help, I'm still hoping for Weld. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, I, I prefer... Hope springs eternal. I prefer a Democrat, but, but yes, Bill Weld would be a breath of fresh air after Donald Trump. It's a low um, bar. That's a really low bar, though. I, I don't okay. disagree, okay. but I'm just, you know, credit where it's due. Bill, Bill Weld would be a much better president than Donald Trump. I, I mean, would be a better president than Donald Trump. Well, I, obviously. I just wanted, like, the, the, like, when we're, when we're talking about who would be a better president, um, we've been talking about this, like, who should be, the, who should replace him and who would who would be just random people being better president we should really be hoping we should be really be reaching for not just who would be better but who would be a good president i agree that's the i think that should be more of the focus because literally 90 percent of politicians would be better than trump sure yeah most people would be better than trump if only because they would have no idea what they were doing and they would probably rely on experts they would just be so, like i don't want to do this you do it and things yeah. would be better than they are now because they wouldn't have like ego just injected into every single thing so that that would be the main reason why i would be better than donald trump i think <laughs> exactly so when we're talking about who would be the better president we should really be talking about like who would be the instead of the least negative the most positive. I, I, yes. Yes. Would Though Bill I, Weld I, be the most positive? I don't think so. Uh, he's no Kanye West. Well, no one is. <laughs> um, did he release a mixtape r- lately, though? No, I don't think he did. I, <laughs> then, no, I, he's not going to be a good president. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> he, he liked the Grateful Dead. I think that's a real plus. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Um, depends on the era, but when you, <laughs> does he wear aviators? How does he look in aviators? That's, I think that's really the question that we should all be asking. Who looks best in aviators? Yeah. I don't, 
I don't think I should have said Grateful Dead in the year of a pandemic. I think that was probably <laughs> no. The, great, the Grateful Dead, you know, are are still, uh, you know, better than some of the alternatives in uh, a year of a pandemic. But Sue, so what are you looking at that makes you think the races is is getting close? Well, I was I was looking at real clear politics and just looking at some of the states and and in a lot of the um, battleground states. Biden's ahead, but he's ahead by four or five points. And I'm I'm just surprised. I just really am surprised by that. It doesn't mean that all those states won't go for Biden. And um, we can talk about that. But but Biden's got to offer something that that drags people out of their homes to vote for him and not just anti-Trump. I mean, they he needs to have something of of substance. And just to harken back just for a second, you know, great leaders of the world didn't tell us that it was, wasn't going to be hard. You know, the Churchills, the Roosevelts, you know, the Teddy Roosevelts, they told us it would be hard, you know, and they, and they took on the battles and they said it in such a way that they said it's going to be hard, but we're going to prevail and here's why, and here's what we're going to do. So I, you know, it's, it, you know, there's a leader leadership component that we probably need to talk about, but I I don't, you know, I'm, I'm curious why you guys, what Biden is offering, aside from not Trump, that really is um, pulling you out of the out of the well, caves. Well, I'm just, I'm I'm gonna, uh, John, I definitely want to hear what you have to say, but I, I'm just gonna point out that a big part of what makes Joe Biden not Trump is, you know, just his basic personality, his his Joe Bidenness. You know, like like one one thing one looks at when considering hiring someone to to for the job of president. It, you know, you look at past experience, you look at uh, uh, policies they want to pursue, but you also do look at the personality, you know, and and uh, Joe Biden uh, for, uh, you know, all the things people can and, and do criticize him for. And uh, certainly some of those criticisms, I think, are spot on. Joe Biden, you know, I mean, he's basically he's a good guy. You know, he cares about other people. He wants to help other people. He's capable of, you know, he shows real passion and, and, and compassion for other people. And, you know, like, you know, it can be sort of tiresome to hear the same old pieties about our, our fallen, brave fallen soldiers and whatever. But on the other hand, you know, I want a president who says them and believes them. And so all of those things are, are what makes Joe Biden Joe Biden. And by definition, those also make him not Donald Trump, like very much diametrically opposed to Donald Trump. So I think there, I think to say he's not Donald Trump, he's Joe Biden, it's kind of the same thing. And there's, I think there's no way to not talk about appreciating Joe Biden without pointing out those qualities that make him good, make him especially good in comparison to Donald Trump. But John Ray may think differently. What's the specific question? Well, sort of, does he have a tax bill, Biden? Does he have something that's like people can, you know, hang their hooks on and is going to drag us out of this morass? Are you are you asking just general public or me personally? Because those those are very different things. Uh, sort of either. I mean, I, I, I specifics is always is always good. But, you know, it, it's. I just am not, I haven't looked to see, I haven't gone on the Biden webpage to see what the policy papers are. You know, I, I haven't done that. So I was just sort of asking the question open-endedly, is there something that's, 
you know, beside his compassion, which fair enough, he's a very compassionate guy. I just, I'm a little more action oriented. I like leaders that sort of drag us kip, kicking and screaming into the future. So I don't know if. Um, Why didn't you vote for Bernie then? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, get a re- I get a Republican ballot. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm restricted with who, with whom I can, for whom I can vote until the final. So, we <laughs> I would live never in Massachusetts. You're not restricted. I, I, <laughs> I could have changed my party, true enough, to to take a Democratic uh, ballot, but I wouldn't have voted for Bernie. He's not. He's not my. I like free markets and capitalism. And, right. And, you oh, know. Okay. Wow. Well. Natural selection and so. So, you know, all so, that you, so you'd have voted for Liz Warren. Oh ho. You know that's an interesting thing. I, I wouldn't have voted for her because I like her in the Senate because she actually reads the bills and holds people <laughs> accountable. So I, I wouldn't want to give her up from, from being our senator here in, in Mass. But. Might still I did, happen. I did neither, but, you know, like, we can't be selfish. But anyway, yeah. And, so, and yeah. who knows what will happen if, if Biden wins. But So go ahead, John. Sorry. Um, generally, the, I think the thing that will, drive, will get people to vote for Joe Biden is is the the difference um between him and trump because when when he when joe biden like wants to do things there's not as much ego in it i was telling my i was telling my friend um uh, the co-host actually of the of another podcast i'm involved with i shouldn't have to say this uh say this um <laughs> that uh <laughs> He like there are some candidates that all I got from them is I want to be president. They didn't have any. It didn't feel like they had any like drive to do something to really change something. And I think that's um, why uh, Joe Kennedy lost to Ed Markey because I kind yes, of came across the same way. Exactly. He just wants to be senator. That's that's it. But if he um, but Joe Biden like for the things that I. Disag- Hold on. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe Biden, for the things that I disagree with him about, and there are things, there are definitely things, but he wants to do things, do things that I don't think are terrible. So, I got the I don't want I I got the just I want to be president vibe from Pete. I got it from uh, Kamala. Uh, I kind of got it from Amy Klobuchar. Oh yeah. So, um, there like some people just like wanted to be president. Uh, they might have had personal reasons for that, but it didn't feel like they were. So anyway, Joe Biden. Um, people. People, uh, I think, are reacting well to his lack of ego in everything that he does. Um, there is still ego, definitely, but not. But it does. It isn't like I said before, injected into everything he does. I think the um, the union support that he's giving um, and is is uh, is going to get like um, people that are pro union into into the onto the uh, like to send in their ballots for him. Um, I think that his uh choosing of kamala um will affect the vote uh in his favor there are a lot of things that he's doing correctly 
to get to get the vote. And we can see that in the battleground states, he's a he's up by like four points if we at if we average them all together. Um, it's a 40, 49 to forty five basically. Um, so you know that he does have things that that are attractive to I think uh, most people, and he and he has and he has things that he doesn't want to do that are more attractive because comparing him to say like Bernie or Liz Warren, he was more attractive to most most people, I think. More moderate, you know, more than more than like Bernie, uh, more than Warren, you know. Like, and, and then we don't really know about the others because they all like got got behind him and like propped him up for some reason. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> um, for me, he's a better he's a better choice. That's it. That's I don't whatever. That's it. He's a better choice. It's not a tax bill. It's not a policy necessarily. There specific. are things that I think he will do well. A few things I think. For the most part, for me, I think that he is the best route for for uh, the country to go in a more progressive direction. That's that's yeah. what he in in this race between Biden, Trump, Joe Jorgensen, and whoever is the Green Party because I think that's in dispute. I forget, but and I don't really care enough to look it up. Um, but uh, between those four candidates. Joe Biden is the 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 most equipped, the the best person of those four people to to be to have the job of president. That's that's what I think. And that's and that's the four we're going to have a choice of. Yeah, that's it. Right. And, so and, I mean, like for, for me, like there's nothing that I like when in the in the primary. Like I, I said before, in the primary, that's when you have your morals. That's when you have your wishes for the future. That's where you want to vote for the person that will send you send send the country in the in the right direction, in, in your opinion. During the general, it's just who who's the best person for the job. I don't like who's who's best. Who is it? Right. And we're, when we're, you look at all the all we're the at the job hiring stage. Yeah, and it's very much like a these are the candidates who are left. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and this is why um, we we like like leftists, like people on the far far left, they just complain and make fun of liberals, and it's just like and it's like the the never Biden or whatever. It's like this is the guy. This, do you want do you want Medicare for all or something? This is the path. This is yeah. This is it. A, so if you it's want a smaller step. Yeah, it's a small step, but it's a step in the right direction. Plus, I don't care what anybody says. If you elect Joe Biden, he probably will not be excellent. I don't think that he'll be the best president or something, but less people will die. And I think that's the most important thing. So that's that's my that's why I would I'm I am voting for Joe Biden because he is the, he is the past of least harm to to the public and he is the path towards a better policies in the future yeah so i, I and plus it's who who's who's there who would be the best president biden whatever well, <laughs> it's easy so, it's so, an easy choice so sue it's not that you've never heard of joe biden and you're certainly aware of donald trump 
But like, so yeah. what, what are you looking at that you're not seeing something worth voting for or, or what would you want to change? I mean, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, my impression is that given your druthers, you know, if you, you know, the binary choice of Biden and Trump, you know, you won't pick Trump no matter what. So, but you know, what is it that's going to make you feel okay at least about pulling a, pulling a, pulling a lever for Joe Biden? Like what well, would you want that you don't, don't already have? Since I live in Massachusetts, I can easily ride in William Weld and Chris Christie. Right. It's, it's fine. It's, you know, it's, he's, Biden's probably going to win Massachusetts anyway. But let me give you just one little detail that gives me pause. Um, like I said, I haven't been following the policies, but, you know, I do listen to a lot of different talk shows, and I believe this is a correct factoid. But one of the things Biden is doing in his new tax plan is that if you're a company that's been overseas and you bring bring the jobs back, um, you get a 10, I think it's a 10% um, tax reduction. Like it, it drops by 10%, not 10% of what you normally would pay. And it penalizes the companies that stayed because they don't get the tax benefit. So these folks bring back these jobs and then compete with the guy who kept his factory here and they get a 10% tax bonus. And I just feel like Joe Biden kind of does the same stuff that people have tried before that, you know, you're sort of rewarding for a while hoping for B <laughs> and it, and it just, it drives me crazy. And I, I do like the fact that Trump sometimes really changes the dynamic and, and, you know, throws out NAFTA and, and, and changes our relationship with the Chinese. And I'm, I'm an action oriented person. So I worry that Biden, we're going to go back, we're going to go back to when we were starting to be sort of this mediocre sort I, of, you know, jobs were going overseas. And I do want so to that, say, that, um, sorry, sorry, Sue, I'm sorry. No, I was just, that, that's sort of the nugget right there is that we're going to be back to go along, get along. You know, he went along and, and the Anita Hill and, and Thomas ended up on the Supreme Court. He said, go along, get along. Guy he never makes waves. He never makes waves. And so he's going to be a placeholder, you know, and I just, I worry that the country needs a firebrand right now of some kind, not, not necessarily well, the people that were in the race. I mean, but. I mean, I mean, Trump is definitely a firebrand in that like parts of the country are literally on fire. <laughs> so, yeah. A firebrand yeah. sets things on fire. Yeah, that's, I it's, mean, yeah, like, like if you want real, real change, I mean, yes, burning everything down uh, and scorching the earth is, is a great, you know, is a, is a big change. And it certainly clears away things for, to create a sort of a, a clean slate well, or what, but you well, know, I think it's, it's the same way that like Ronald Reagan was like a transformational president who changed things and boldly shook things up. And you know, that's why we had things like the embassy bombing in Beirut and the Iran-Contra scandal and all those people who died of AIDS because the Reagan administration didn't give a crap. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's, well, it's um, not exactly a great track record, really. What were you well, saying, in my defense, I was going to say in my defense, Elizabeth Warren is a huge firebrand. She, you know, she, she knows that the things are, you know, it's rigged and that's hollowing out our middle class and you know, she can do the math to prove it. And she's a huge firebrand and very daring. And I like, I like her style more right, than I like. 
Biden's. But I'm saying, you know, I, I wouldn't want her to be president right now. But I'm just saying that I want somebody that's got some ego and some fearlessness. And I feel like Joe Biden is more like he's just going to comfort us. And we're just going to go into the into the night like that. So oh, totally. I, I That's exa- oh, yeah, totally. I don't I don't disagree at all. Also, yeah. Sue, listen to yourself. It's like I want somebody, you know, firebrand like Liz Warren, but I don't want Liz Warren. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you don't. You, we don't have unlimited options here. You know. <laughs> I, I know, but I meant the style. The, the the style that she took on Congress and the and the credit card companies and the Treasury and. You know, she she's needed. You want you want someone someone with the guts to like shut down a bridge and make sure traffic gets backed up in order to pay people back. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we need to inject some facts in here, okay? Okay, sure. One, the tax credit that Sue was referring to. It's a ten percent advanceable tax credit for companies on a broad range of investments designed to create manufacturing jobs. So the eligible projects are revitalizing closed or closing factories, increasing domestic production, modernizing manufacturing facilities, and expanding manufacturing payrolls and any expense or an investment related to onshoring jobs. So it's not just a blanket, you get a tax credit. It's for tax credits for specific things. And they're getting this 10% tax credit to because there is an expense to onshore jobs. So they are going to be dumping if if they want that tax credit, then they need to dump like that much money into building manufacturing plants and revitalizing them and payroll and shutting down plants in other countries. That's expensive. They need to spend that money. So getting that ten percent that doesn't. I don't think that really affects the uh, the competition with people that have remained in the u.s because they don't have to pay any of that so and plus all the other taxes that that companies have to pay they'll still have to pay that too so i don't think that i think that the amount of money that is required to build up the operation of companies in the in the u.s that is what that tax credit's for the second thing is firebrands are fine i think that's important too some ego is required to do something like that because you need to push things through you need to control people sometimes you need to make sure that they see your point of view however you want someone that knows how to direct that 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 firebrandness trump doesn't have a direction he just does stuff if you want to if you if you have a an, a politician like Liz Warren th- she knows where to where to apply that pressure and she knows what she wants to do in the future. Trump has no plans in the future. So I think that's the major difference. Okay. Well, and I, I think we <laughs> talked to about Bob Woodward and your points are well taken by the way, John. Um we talked about Bob Woodward and he knew to hold his fire back until now. I mean, I think that was a strategic plan, Bob mm-hmm. Woodward, when he published the tapes and all that. Same kind of thing. You want you want someone with that sense of timing and a little Machiavellianness, I think. And I do grant you that Trump is kind of, uh, you know, burns things down. 
but he also always gets the money. So I do think he has a strategic purpose. It's just that he gets he gets the cash from the post office building and his kids get the cash from the patents from China. I mean, I don't think it's haphazard. I think it's just not, you know, you, you, you'd argue probably that Liz Warren is, is doing it for the good of the country. And I'd agree with that. that that's eh. her, I believe, she believes that. Eh. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody is completely altru- altruistic. Yeah. Nobody. So uh, there, the, there is a benefit for Liz Warren to do that. Um, might be the glory. It, the glory, it might be. So. It might be. I don't know, but it depends on who is is doing it. In in if if they have that power, how are they using that power? Joe Biden is going to be a blanket that everybody wraps themselves up in, and. Yep that's that's what he is that's you know a nice warm bath yeah exactly anyway well guys we are actually at the sort of the end of our time here for this week's show so uh let's let's nicely wrap it up there so this has been uh, civil politics here on valley free radio uh we've got a great mix of music coming up next uh starting with subculture followed by uh, Table of Contents and then OK Asia to take you on into tomorrow with uh, really good music. And uh, this show uh, will be a podcast of it available from our website or the various podcast streaming services probably over the weekend. And we do have a rebroadcast airing Mondays at 4 in the afternoon. So you may be listening to us then, I guess. Anyway, I think that'll do it for Civil Politics and uh, we'll be back with more next week. So thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.